It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to the second hour of Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on K News 98.5. This is lawyer Stu Jenkins. I've practiced law in San Luis Obispo County since 1978 and served as Superior Court Special Master and as an elected Harbor Commissioner. In election law cases, I've represented the Democratic Party and Republican office holders and enforced the Voters' Proposition 64 ban against cannabis billboards. I counsel and represent folks for estate planning, real estate, law, and election law matters. Slow County Public Policy and the Law introduces you to the officials, lawyers, and activists influencing decisions made on your behalf by government and courts. Today, well, back in March, we had State Senator John Laird here talking about significant bills in the state legislature focused on water resources, sea level rise, and resiliency in the Sierras and along the coastal region. I asked Senator Laird to come back to let us know the progress on those bills, uh, but Senator Laird's staff had let me know that other major developments were likely to have been shepherded through by this time with the senator's help. And in fact, just this Thursday, a major bill, SB 286, concerning offshore wind energy and the harbor improvements needed to support and maintain those offshore wind turbines, was adopted by the state senate and sent off to the state assembly. Welcome to the show, Senator. Great to be with you, Stu. It's good to have you back. And uh, I... uh, I was impressed. I uh, I actually have not had time to analyze the changes that were made to the bill since uh, it was initially introduced. Um, do you want to let the public know about uh, that bill and how, what the effect is going to be on uh, coastal resources? Well, the bill you're referring to is Senate Bill 286. It's introduced by... Senator Mike McGuire, who's of the North Coast, uh, Humboldt, Mendocino, Sonoma, that area. Right. And, and he has proposed offshore wind off of his district, as well as me off of Morrill Bay in Cambria. And the high-level part is, is that he's really looking for a coordinated process to try to deal with considering wind. Um, and that's because that it, the, uh, the the older process would have required uh, um, counties and cities uh, to kind of start the process with developers and then go through the um, Coastal Commission and the State Lands Commission, isn't it? That's part of it, because the other part is that really this involves so many different jurisdictions because you're in federal waters. But you would cross state waters, and there's local fishing interests that fish in state waters, and then sometimes out in federal waters. And you have the underground cable, and you have what you just described, which is what might be necessary for port facilities. And then you have the transmission on land. 
And if you leave it to a complete uncoordinated process, it just doesn't fit together. And if you can do sort of the federal and state environmental reviews in concert, and if you can have everybody at some table so that the, this process does not cut out public participation, then you start to get to a point that you, you could genuinely consider all the things and all the impacts that would be involved in this. And I know you attended the uh, town hall meeting that the Tribune sponsored in Morro Bay, the it all runs together. I think it was roughly two weeks ago, maybe even tonight. And uh, th that was uh, my assessment of looking at the audience and listening to the questions and talking to people. A majority of the people there were concerned about port issues and the possibility of it in Morro Bay. Sure. And then the mayor had written me a letter saying, I want a seat at the table. And... I have talked to her multiple times since then, said that's something I really will advocate for. We don't know what the table looks like yet. Um, and so that's sort of the, the short version of, of the bill and the issue. Well, and, and uh, SB 286 is, uh, is kind of setting the table at this point for people uh, so that they yes, can all be Yes, and I there. think, well, the other thing to say about the legislative process for anybody that might not be familiar is that it is iterative and it is ongoing. And while it passed out of the Senate, there's still a chance that there'll be real work on the bill done while it was um, in the assembly. And, and I really sort of made it clear to him from the first I looked at the bill and was aware of it that there were concerns on the Central Coast that that he might not have the public at the table, and people were really concerned that they could potentially be being left out. And he worked to address that, but I think we'll still sort of evaluate the bill against that lens as it moves forward. Well, I think it, uh, if I recall correctly, it passed this morning uh, 37 to 5 out of the Senate. That adds to 42, and there's only 40 oh, senators. So it must have been 35 to, to 5. I know there were five against. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, it, it, and it, there was an animated debate, and you referenced uh, me speaking, and I hadn't intended to speak, but I felt like there, there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of lack of information, and I felt obligated to to walk it through in a way that at least, even if people disagreed, the information was on the table. Well, good, good. And that's, I think that's one of the uh, concerns that, because uh, I've been at a couple of uh, forums and roundtables on this issue ever since the, uh, the there was a study put out by a uh, group here in San Luis Obispo County uh, about a potential base at Port San Luis to uh, support and maintain the offshore wind-generating turbines. And uh, one of the big concerns that had been voiced was the Coastal Commission and the State Lands Commission, well, particularly the Coastal Commission, they meet all over the state. So if there was an issue here in San Luis Obispo County, uh, 
that they were considering, they might be meeting in San Diego or they might be meeting up in uh, Sacramento or, uh, you know, in San Francisco. And so the, you know, it's very hard for people to get to those meetings and have input so that the commission will get the benefit of no- local knowledge on impacts and uh, and opportunities uh, for uh, supporting this important industry. Um, did, were there have there been changes made in the bill that uh, will help prevent uh, people from having to travel uh, our very long state in order to uh, I, have input yet? I think the bill is. I don't know that it it has an express opinion on that, but I am aware that in recent years, the Coastal Commission has been working, uh, if they have a major hearing and a major issue, to schedule it at a time that they're going to be in the area most affected. Well, that's good. Yes, and they've been doing that, and I think that's a good reminder to me because I talk to them periodically to the executive director and I'll just say there's been that concern. And I think the thing we have to watch out for here is if the Humboldt one and the San Luis one are processed together, that somehow there's a way that both those locations can participate in a way that it's not extensive travel. And I recall when the I was Secretary of Resources, and there was a hearing, I think it was in Cambria, uh, for the National Monument, but it also included Santa Cruz, and it also included Southern California. And I remember how uh, part of the Santa Cruz one was very controversial. I remember how grumpy 100 or 150 people were that they all were driving down to Cambria to testify. And and it's the same thing in reverse in this. So it's just making sure that that they know that they really have to do it in a way that's convenient for the people most affected. Well, that that's uh, that's heartening, and I, I uh, hope that uh, in the bill that, uh, that something can be fit in so that there's actually a mandate for uh, those agencies if there's if there's a permit uh, in a place where the uh, support facilities were going to be placed that they be held in the county where those will be be put um, well the the, uh, the other thing that uh, I know you had uh, co-sponsored a bill that was related sort of uh, AB 80 with uh, our assemblywoman Don Addis uh, I'm I haven't seen where that is in the process uh, is that uh, did that I think end up of, in suspense it, file or no? As of this morning, it's on the floor of the assembly, wow. and we're at this. And they were meeting as I came in to tape this, and um, w- w- the deadline for all bills being out of uh, of each house, or they they are held for the year is June second. Coming so up, there's. Yeah, the the Senate, as I talked to you, has, I think, 150 bills that we have to have off the floor by next week. But the Assembly has a much higher amount. They, they have three or 400 or something. And so this is in that batch. And, and we will be meeting a lot between now and, and that deadline. And that's when this Assembly bill will come up. Well, and folks, that's why uh, Senator Laird has a hard break, and if he uh, if he has to go, we will uh, 
We will talk about some other things here. But folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only here at KNews 98.5, and we're happy to be providing you with a conversation with your state senator, John Laird. And uh, John, you, uh, you were here in March, and there were some other bills that uh, you talked to us about, and I thought we might want to catch up on some of those and where they are in the process. But, but I, th- I think listeners uh, would benefit from understanding the process a little bit more. You, you were talking about how you have a deadline by June 2nd to get these bills off the floor. And does that mean passed and sent to the other uh, house of the legislature? Exactly. And, and maybe the simplest way to explain how a bill becomes a law is that we come into session the first Monday of January every year. Uh, and then we have to be done sometime the first week of September, give or take, depending on what year it is. And you have until something like the third week of January to ask that a bill be drafted. And then the deadline for introducing bills for the year is the third week in February. And then in March and April, the committees have hearings and it goes through a policy committee and and into May, a finance committee, and then any surviving bills go to the floor. They have a deadline. If they can't get off the floor by the deadline, and this year it's June 2nd, it's what's known as the first house deadline. It's it's when the bill's in the first house. They turn into a two-year bill, meaning they can carry over to next January. But uh, then all the bills that are out by January 2nd are then heard in the assembly and they have similar deadlines. And uh, the deadline, if a bill is amended in the assembly that starts in the Senate, has to come back to the Senate to agree to the amendments and then goes to the governor. And so we'll be in each other's house for the next couple of months and there'll be a deadline somewhere around September 1st to adjourn. And that's by when the bills have to go to the governor. We're doing the budget simultaneously. You, and you have to have the budget out uh, June 30th? June 15th, June we 15th. have to have it out of the legislature, but the governor has to sign it by June 30th. Okay. And we are uh, we're in that place that I chair the Education Budget Subcommittee, and we had our final hearing yesterday and completed all our work. We're going to negotiate with the Assembly and present a budget to the governor in the next two weeks, and then he'll have to decide what he wants to do with it. And and I have 22 bills that are active right now, and I just got the last ones off the floor in the session this morning before we're taping this. So I have all 22 bills of mine over in the uh, assembly, and I've completed the formal work on the budget. So now, I'm I, at a I, good place, even though we're really busy. And and I think our listeners should know that uh, there's plenty of bills that end up in some euphemism called the suspense file where they may yes. go, they may go to die and so all 22 of your bills got out but i had a 23rd bill that's still sitting in suspense but um okay. i did and and a couple of them are resolutions and one might be of interest to people locally in san luis obispo because we're um doing the resolution to name a piece of a highway after cacho abaji and the late 
assembly member oh, from sure. uh, and I managed to get every senate, sitting senator who served with him to co-author the bill, oh, that's, so, the resolution. So I got that out, and that's over in the assembly. And we hope that's approved. And it just Jordan Cunningham started the effort last year, but mm-hmm. I'm continuing it. Well, folks, if you want to contact Senator Laird, uh, his uh, he's one of the more accessible senators that I know of. Uh, he actually has his website on his uh, his email on his website, it's uh, the word senator.laird, spelled L-A-I-R-D, at senate.ca.gov. And uh, it's uh, always, I think, good for people to understand the process. I'm glad you're explaining it. And uh, uh, folks, if you want to follow a bill, you can actually log on to the uh, State Assembly or the State Senate's uh, website, and there's a place where you can do a bill search and you can sign up to get alerts about them. And you can even log into the uh, legislative TV uh, and watch the hearings. And if you make advance arrangements, you can even call in and make a comment. So that's, uh, that's something that I think is unique that uh, in such a big state, we're actually able to uh, talk to our legislators that way. And one of the interesting things, uh, thank you for everything you just said. One of the interesting things is is that you didn't used to be able to call in uh, very easily to hearings. And ever since the pandemic, we now are in person for the witnesses and we're in person for some testimony. But then we take very, very brief testimony generally from people that can call in from wherever they are. So there's a chance if you if you see that a hearing is posted on the the Senate website, you click on the link, it'll put you on the hearing, and they'll give you a number and an access code, and then there'll be instructions on how to put yourself in the queue if you wish to testify. And you could just do that uh, from your cell phone, basically. Yes, it's one of those things that sometimes the hearings take longer because. Before you had to drive from Crescent City or El Centro or Los Osos to the Capitol, and now you can call. <laughs> and everybody can participate from those remote places. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Happening. That's wonderful. Well, I, I uh, you know, I know, uh, I think you're on the Judiciary Committee, aren't you? I am. I am a non attorney member of the Judiciary Committee, which is an interesting position. What, was, what what interested me about you being a non-attorney and being on the Judiciary Committee is I saw in your biography that you uh, taught environmental law at uh, University of California, Santa Cruz. Am I right? Yeah, it was environmental studies. Studies, and, okay. Uh, except it, it sure did intersect with the law, and it, uh, but I taught uh, a class between the time I was in the assembly and I was in the governor's cabinet, and it was a senior capstone class, and I really made them all work hard and was really grateful that I didn't have to compete against any of them because they were incredibly smart, and I made them stack out an environmental issue and, and make a proposal, who would support and oppose it, how would it be funded. They had to write op-eds on each side. They had to do an elevator speech. They had to present it to the class, and it was impressive to me how well they did well and and you know sometimes the best way to learn things is to teach other people and challenge them 
<laughs> so no, that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I because you're on the Judiciary Committee, I noticed, uh, and people can sign up for this too. Our listeners uh, at uh, K News ninety eight point five, Slow County Public Policy and the Law. The the Attorney General of California, Bob Bonta, puts out opin- opinions regularly. And you can sign up and log on. And I just noticed this morning, at the same time I noticed that SB 286 had passed, that uh, Attorney General Bonta put out an opinion. And these opinions actually have force of law. They, they don't supersede case law, but they are persuasive. And it, in the opinion, he said that the uh, state legislature, uh, you folks in the state senate and the state assembly have the power uh, to regulate non-attorneys who are providing essentially legal services through uh, document preparation uh, firms that have sprung up all over California. Uh, In other words, uh, discipline can be imposed uh, through the state bar if the state legislature desires to protect consumers by uh, allowing that. And I don't know if there's anything like that pending in the legislature, but I I knew you would want to know about this, uh, Senator Laird. No, the thing is, is I don't know if it's pending now, but there have been bills and actions at various times since I was first in the legislature. And it is really, I think, a consumer protection issue to make sure that yeah. people are not getting bad advice, not being taken advantage of um, in, in a away and just been different things on that through the years and it just to mention it i happen to be a democrat and when i was elected to the assembly in 2002 there were 25 democrats elected that year and not a single one was an attorney which flies in what everybody thinks that there's always a multitude of attorneys running for the legislature and as a result three of us that were not attorneys went on the judiciary committee and those first two years were tough for me they were like going to law school and then i i have come to really enjoy it and it is one of those things that occasionally people will plunge into the weeds about an obscure piece of a legal issue and i always have to remind them that there's this major public policy thing that's being decided and we can't lose sight of that and then make all the statutes fall out from that. Well, John, we we have a hard break ourselves coming up for news and a few ads. Uh, Folks, you're listening to your state senator, John Laird, here at KNews 98.5 on Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Stay tuned because there's more. 